So they try to attack them a little bit, um, but that obviously doesn't work because they're too small. The Helmicrons fire one of their dragon beams, and it hits uh, Marco's like nose wall, which is what causes him to bleed and was the cause of the bleeding we saw before. Um, and uh, <laughs> Axe suggests bluffing. Like, tell them we'll give them the box. We can't do that, Axe. No, I'm suggesting you double-cross them. Axe is the one who's suggesting we double-cross them? The one who's so honorable? Like, fuck off. <laughs> this is so dumb. Um. <laughs> tell them we'll give them the blue box. Get them out of Marco's body, then do not give them the box. As simple as that? Yes. <laughs> Why is this a conversation? Axe has never done anything sneaky two books ago. <laughs> uh, and they, I don't know, they, the Helmicrons don't buy it, obviously. And then the Helmicrons just run up the rest of the way through the nose to the sinus and jump over uh, the precipice to the esophagus. Um... Which is just, it's so dumb that they were here for an hour and didn't, didn't just do this. And maybe that's supposed to be a comment on how ineffective they are because they're arguing amongst each other, but that's not what comes across. What comes across is, I don't know how time works. Ugh. Oh, but hey, um, because obviously there was some bad fighting involved, and by bad I mean badly written. Um, Rachel happens to be like it as a calf, as like a cat-sized elephant, <laughs> effectively, is like has her trunk wrapped around one of the Helmicron's legs and is gonna go tumbling down into the esophagus. Mm -hmm. Um, because she doesn't let go in time. Mm-hmm. You know. Because she's trying to hold the Helmicron back as mm -hmm. as they run. Um It doesn't <laughs> work. It does not work. Uh and now uh we get this I mentioned earlier. Um is where we get what is actually quite an effective set piece i would mm -hmm. say um apparently uh rachel can't recognize a heartbeat though <laughs> seems fucking dumb because it's described as this rhythmic resonant thumping mm -hmm. that they can hear that's oddly comforting and i'm like you fight you've talked about the blood pounding in your ears before <laughs> you know what a heartbeat is what the fuck? <laughs> it's a mystery. I do like, yeah, I do like the notion that a heartbeat is a reassuring, comforting sound. Mm -hmm. this like the hum of a fridge in a darkened kitchen, just like, no, it's evocative of being in the womb. It's comfort. It's safety. It's why cats like to sleep on your chest. Mm -hmm. It's good shit. Just mammalian stuff. I want a fridge that makes heartbeats. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. <laughs> the sequel to The Telltale Heart. <laughs> the fridge where you hid the, uh, the evidence. <laughs> Just a... <laughs> oh, God, we need to keep talking about this fucking book. Uh, yeah. So Rachel is now swimming around in stomach acid. It mm -hmm. is bad. Mm -hmm. um, it smells real bad, unsurprisingly. Um, but she is aware that um, that even the this this tough leathery hide of the elephant 
is um, she can feel this heat and this burning as the acid starts to eat away. Uh, she does uh, have this moment because she's, she's underneath the surface and it's pitch black. Um, but she's able to let the elephant instincts take over to swim. Having, I think she saw it on like National Geographic or some or Discovery Channel or something. Lets the elephant instincts like carry her up to the surface so she can at least breathe. And the Helmicrons are like, ah, one of the aliens has followed us and starts firing at her. Um, and yeah, we have. Rachel musing on how this is like that one scene in Titanic, except uh, absolutely not. Um, the second instance of, hey, so it was like this, but like totally not this. Um, but the Helmicron's like, okay, we need to blast our way out. out. Um, and of course, the Helmicrons are arguing amongst themselves. Um, but the others are on their way. Um, and they're like, well, and Rachel's like, please hurry up um, because uh, I am being digested. It's not great. <laughs> uh, we get another uh, log entry from the Helmicrons. Um, and we get the genuine body horror detail of um and I am going to share this uh of how the stomach acid has eaten away at uh Rachel's eyes so now she can't see at all so you know <laughs> gross um but Rachel needs to morph out um cuz they're going to have to go back up through the esophagus and she's um Rachel's in a bad way and they're like, oh, wait, no, the opening at the top of the top of the sphincter is going to be closed because that's how the human body works. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but Rachel goes uh, human, and obviously this sucks um, more. But it's a whole fresh set of skin to get um, digested away. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Cassie um, ends up uh, demorphing and then morphing into humpback whale. A very tiny humpback whale. Mm. Um, I'm still actually kind of annoyed now I'm thinking about it. The morphing, you don't go to the actual size of the creature. Um, but that annoyed me in the last time these guys showed up too. Yeah, it's only when you acquire stupid. new DNA because the new DNA isn't shrunk. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. This is why I wanted them to acquire a bacteria or virus, because then if they go back to normal size, they got like a six foot <laughs> bacteria. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Cassie is a humpback whale, just chilling around in Marco's stomach as everyone climbs onto her back. Um, it does indeed suck for Rachel. Um, we get uh. <laughs> They're having to hold, Jake's having to hold on to Axe um, so he doesn't like slide off the back of Cassie uh, into the acid. Uh, and Axe is like, I'm beginning to think this mission was foolish. Marco's body seems to be doing an excellent job of defending itself. <laughs> yeah, you think? Um, but they're like, a couple of the Helmicrons are now dead, having been digested. Obviously, there is still some of them active and a threat, who, and they're still trying to uh, get their way out of the stomach. Um, I was like, okay, so we need to fight them. Well, so what are we going to use to attack? Um, um, I do want to say there is the one good character mm -hmm. moment in this book right here. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's that Rachel has to demorph, obviously, to not be dissolved anymore um and there's this line didn't matter what i became so i chose grizzly just to feel like i hadn't been totally defeated that mm -hmm. is a good rachel moment yeah it's like one of two oh, good that. lines That's in this good. book that, that is good mm -hmm. yeah it's the mindset i wanted explored it's rachel trying not to feel mm -hmm. helpless in the face of overwhelming odds yeah could you mm -hmm. please do something with this 
Mm. No, absolutely no notes to that line. It's good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um. And mm-hmm. like just uh just a little bit down from that, uh, we gotta get out of here. I said, briefly bare and a little less horrified. Mm. Mm. Um. But yeah, they they talk about like how shark is a possible viable um option for them as something that's both dangerous and could probably survive. Tobias goes out and checks in what with the Helmicrons are doing and they're trying to blast their way out through Marco's stomach. Um, and Cassie, they're probably trying to get into a blood vessel. And then we have this weird conversation about how, oh, well, then the Helmicrons will drown in the bloodstream. Because uh, they're not fish. <laughs> It's just a really weird diversion from yeah. the plot to have this nonsense conversation about whether or not Helmicrons can breathe underwater mm-hmm. effectively. Um, but apparently there is a long slice in Marco's stomach. So if it's big enough for a Helmicron to go out, so that's a cut, what, a sixteenth of an inch in the stomach lining mm-hmm. above the acid level. Yeah. Eh. But um yeah, we have this brief moment of Rachel wondering if Marco can feel it, um, where he has to be, but he's feeling lonely and scared and angry. Jake tries to make a joke about heartburn. Um, but the Helmicrons make their escape from the stomach into the into a blood vessel. And everyone's kind of horrified watching as the Helmicrons one by one pop their way out. And they're still on the fucking thing of, aren't they just going to drown in there? Mm. It's just fucking stupid. Um, and then and then it's impossible that... Um, <laughs> it's just bullshit. Okay? I hate this. Maybe mm-hmm. the Helmicrons are fish. Or how do we know <laughs> the Helmicrons aren't fish is a legitimate line in this book <laughs> I had to read with my own two eyes. Um... Or there may be amphibians. And They're Tobias. Haven't... Tobias, mm-hmm. makes, well, they walk on dry ground, so obviously they can't be a fish. What the? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is a solid reasoning. That is there are fish diagenesis. that walk. Which fish walk on oh. dry ground? Oh, hold on. I gotta find <laughs> it. This is important now. The reverse mermaid. Fish, seven different fish that walk on land. Mud skippers. Hmm. Snakehead fish. The epaulette shark. The climbing gourami. Um, the walking catfish. Mangrove rivulus. The bichir. So yeah. there's a few. There's a few. They have lungs. I am just having a moment of um, octopus, and I know octopus aren't fish. They're a <laughs> cephalopod. But, like, water, land, they do fine. But, mm-hmm. regardless, the ongoing argument about the Helmicron, more time is spent on whether or not Helmicrons are fish slash can survive in a blood stri- in a blood vessel than any decent characterization. More credit is given in this book to whether to musing about Helmicron biology. Mm-hmm. Regardless, um, we do get the revelation that they uh, do seem to float very well. So maybe they're like mushrooms or cork. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, alien biology is fun. Um, but they decide, okay, no, we're going to go shark because they'll be able to be fine in the blood because actually. Blood is largely plasma, which apparently science tells us is not dissimilar in composition to salt water. This is so, in fact true. Sharks. This which fucking I can believe. line, though, she, like said, she said mm-hmm. plasma evolved from seawater. This is also true. Weird have you phrasing. Not, have you not seen the, the post? Um, so Dar- Darren, who I've talked about on this podcast before, has some slight Tumblr fame um, and is also known for making weird-ass science posts. And recently they made one that's like, uh, milk is just filtered seawater. Um, ah. 
because essentially in the evolution of beings out of the ocean, it's just a process of filtering the seawater in our bodies. Um, Fascinating. So e every liquid in the human body has a base in seawater. It's just filtered well, seawater. <laughs> I mean, I also saw a very good post earlier about um, how vampires bathing in blood seems like a waste when that's something you drink. It'd be like, you know, having a bath of protein in protein shakes. It's just like, yeah, but people do have milk baths and stuff like that. And then put it out like, guys, you drink water. <laughs> was sort of the cap on that post. So there we go. But regardless, they decide to go shark. They're aware that it could cause problems. Um, given, you know, blood, but it seems like uh, the best option they have just to be careful to control, uh, keep control of the morph. Um, Rachel does have a moment of losing control um, because there's the scent of blood everywhere, but no prey. Uh, so the brain's getting a bit like... Um, uh, <laughs> The play, where was I? I was confused. I should see the prey silhouetted against the sunlight above, but there was no sunlight and the blood was everywhere. Imagine a drug addict awash in a sea of drugs. Axe anywhere near a Cinnabon. You know, I like the references to the axe liking Cinnabon. Um, <laughs> and then. There's another good line. Sorry. No, go on. Uh, there's another good line uh, as Rachel morphs. I was almost enjoying the morph. Liked the tough skin. Liked getting bigger. Oh, look! It's that theme you could have gone with. Oh, man. They've got this fucking weird misstep about shark biology, though. Mm. Yeah. This whole rough sandpaper skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't get that's, that's like twice in two books. They just need to up their game. I mean, with all the other mistakes in this book, I suppose I should let that one go. But uh... It really is the least of their, their transgressions. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but Rachel, uh, briefly, uh, while in the throes of uh, bloodlust, uh, does bite a chunk out of Jake's tail. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't find it funny, but I do. Because um, we get, who's biting me? Jeez, a chunk of my tail is gone. Hey, I was using that. Um, which is inane. But I'm still amused. Um, but they're, apparently they're all struggling a little. Well, Jake said he was struggling. Apparently Tobias and Axe are totally cool. Um, but to help them focus and not give in to Shark Brain, Cassie does start going Miss Frissel and explaining about what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to be fair, they say, concentrate on the goal. But really, we do get a fun like description of... Um, the color about like seeing blood cells and things like that and the different shaped cells. Um, it's just, this is quite cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and Rachel um, normally doesn't indulge in sightseeing because um, it puts her in a tedium induced rage, <laughs> which is a good fun phrase. Mm -hmm. But um, playing tourist makes it easier to keep focused. Um, and Rachel spots something um, to the sub mini shark. It was about the size and shape of a pill bug because we needed to go again about fucking scale and size. <laughs> a little 3D millipede is it's described as, um, and Rachel thinks it's like out of place. Um, something. Um, She's just got a bad feeling about this weird little spiky millipede thing <laughs> that is the size of a pill. But considering that red blood cells are described as being the size of like a dinner platter comparatively, it's dumb. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's dumb. The, um, this pill bug is briefly, uh, goes on to her, but, um, then. Moves on, we do get a description of um, a white blood cell dealing with another one of these little spiky boys. Um, 
because we get this, because Cassie identifies the spiky thing as being a bacterium or a virus, but she has no way of knowing what it is, and Marco's immune system is working. So that's the important thing. And now they get to the liver. So, and Jake's like, which way should we go? Cassie's trying to figure it out. (laughs) Acts conversationally. He's like, so where does human blood travel after it leaves the stomach? (laughs) And Cassie's like trying to remember. And Axe just like, are these not basic facts about your own physiology taught in human schools? On the Andalite homeworld, the youngest child is able to, Axe, would you please shut up? <laughs> um, but yeah, get some a little bickering. But they um, can see like the blood they're in and the elements of it being siphoned off. Um, like things getting broken down and moved around, and it's what helps Cassie figure out that it uh, that they're in the liver, <clears throat> and um, they're finding themselves compelled to go down a certain way, but they suss out that that would be bad because that it's them being like moved out as waste product to be broken down by the body, and said so, like, no, we need to go to the heart because that'll be where the Helmocrons are going. So uh, they do that. And towards the heart, Cassie said, which is above the liver. <laughs> uh, who said you were directionally challenged? Um, but um, they got to figure out their way out. And Axe suggests like going eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And Rachel's like, you really have been on Earth too long. You'll never fit in on the Andalite homeworld now. I would miss Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> which, you know what? That I like. That that mm-hmm. line could get a thumbs up from me of uh, that little interaction between the two. Yeah. Um, but now, finally, Rachel, it clicks for Rachel that the rhythmic thump thump she's been hearing is Marco's heartbeat. Um, and now they're like, oh, well, we just need to follow the red blood cells because blood goes to the heart. So... And now we cut to Marco, of course. We cut to Marco for no goddamn reason. He's at home, just sitting there for hours, uh, not doing anything. Not Don't sneeze, don't eat or drink anything. He um, did clean his wound. Yeah. Uh, couldn't, can't let his dad see it, of course, because that would have so many questions. Apparently his um, whole arm is throbbing. Yeah. So. Okay, quickly, I apologize. What exactly is Neosporin? Because <laughs> I is... see it mentioned all the fucking time, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. I know it's, it's a brand an ointment. name. Uh, so it's an ointment uh, that is antibacterial and also um, has a very mild numbing agent in it. Um, helps promote healing. So like, you get a cut okay. or something, you put Neosporin on it, and then you put a Band-Aid over it, and it helps to heal it. Yeah. Ah, we have like Savlon. Mm. So. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This was Jade Learns About American Brands. Uh, <laughs> back to the story. Uh, it, Marco thinks about how he's feeling weird. Like he takes a nap and he wakes up feeling weird, uh, sweaty, wild, angry. Um, he snaps at his dad, who like comes in to check on him. Um, and his dad's like, all right, well, if you're feeling okay, we're going to go to dinner because we need to not be in this book. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) and Marco's like, yeah, I'm fine. And so Marco's dad and Nora go off to dinner, a dinner thing. Um, and Marco's left alone and he's just kind of like, not sure what he wants to do. And then he's like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go get that camera come hell or high water. He goes to his freezer at home, gets a steak, uh, defrosts it, and then bikes over to the apartment complex again. Um, and the chi is still there. He climbs up to the window again. No big deal. He throws the steak to the dog. Uh, the dog seems pretty happy about this um the dog lays down um 
It's remarked that the dog seems to be having a hard time eating the steak, which is a thing you, when you have rabies, uh, you can't swallow. That's where the hydrophobia comes from. You become afraid of water because swallowing sends you like into these horrible spasms. Um, but, uh, Marco goes into the room, finds the camera, grabs it. Uh, but, oh no, people are home. Uh, what is he gonna do? Uh, he has two options. Either, uh, go out the way that Cujo, the dog, is blocking, or go out the window. Either way is bad, apparently. I don't know why he can't just go out the window. But okay. Um, and... Either way, he's going to get caught. He doesn't know what to do. Cut to Rachel. They have reached the heart. Um, they're having to deal with the intense uh, uh, current that the heart is producing. Um, having to, to, to fight against it. Um, but also yeah. the Helmicrons are probably in there. It's one of those fun things like the amount of pressure the human blood mm -hmm. circulatory system is under is impressive. Like there's mm -hmm. a reason why you can bleed out so quickly if certain mm -hmm. major blood vessels are damaged. Like mm -hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Human bodies are gross, but they're really fucking cool to be yes. clear. Yes. We um, do some cool ass shit. Maybe we, we can do. only do it once. We can do some cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, so the the helicrons are in the heart. They're the animorphs are now in the heart. They are yelling at each other to not do shit. Um, and it, 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 I don't know. It's it is a tense scene, but also I don't really care because of the rest of this book. Um, so it, it also four of the Helmicrons had disappeared. We don't know where they went. We just know there are fewer of them now. It's um, fine. It's fine. Uh, the Helmicrons are counting down, uh, for dramatic reasons. Uh, <laughs> the Animorphs are lunging for them. We cut to Marco again. Um, the person whose apartment it is is asking what's wrong with the dog. Uh, the dog's name is Buster. Um, and Marco dives into the closet and hides in there, but also it makes a whole lot of noise. So he knows that he can't be caught here. Um, and also the dog is trying to get into the closet. Uh, Marco's gonna attack the dog, but then the owner calls the dog away, and the dog listens. Um, which gives Marco enough time to begin morphing. Um, and we we're getting as as he does these things, we're getting this weird. Like, back and forth between what is essentially Marco's conscience. Like, the little voice in the back of his mind saying, like, things aren't right. What are you doing? Uh, why are you trying to hurt this dog? Uh, your friends are in danger. If you morph, you could kill them. Um, but he's... It, it's meant to imply that he's not thinking clearly. Um, but he morphs Roach. Uh, and he morphs Roach, he starts shrinking, everything's great. Um, the, the apartment owner briefly sees this huge-ass Roach and runs away for a shoe, which is fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then his insides start changing. And the people that are inside of him start screaming because he's morphing when they told him not to. Um, 
of all the places to be in the body, I do like that the being in his heart mm-hmm. is, I know there's no rhyme or reason with how morphing works, but there is something, one, I say, I'm not giving the book credit for being poetical about like, of course, Marco's friends are in his heart because it's the safest place that they could be. Yada, yada, yada. I'm emotional about Marco every day. Also, Benny LaFontaine every day. <laughs> but it makes sense that because they're so central, mm-hmm. it would be also the safest place as the mass condenses and shifts around them. Um, also, they're fucking smaller than a human hair. The width of the human hair. I think they're going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> like, I appreciate there is the concern of going out into Z space, but if you don't get hit by a spaceship, you're probably going to be fine in Z space too. That's what we've seen. <laughs> just, just hang out in Z space for a little bit. The odds of getting hit by a ship are really small. It just happened that <laughs> one time and it was really bad. <laughs> Animorphs are buck wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the weirdest shit happens to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut back to Rachel. Everyone's having a bad time because Marco is morphing. Um, but considering how bad a time it could be, they're fine, really. Um, yeah, I don't appreciate. I I know the kids are scared as you would be, and they don't know what could happen. But the fact that they immediately all start yelling at Marco in -hmm. thought speak, like, that pisses me off. Yeah, I like that Cassie points out, like, Marco's morphing, he must be in, like, some big trouble. Trouble. Because he wouldn't do this otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the the kids kind of get separated in the weird goo that is the inside of a roach. Um, and, uh, they're kind of separated from the Helmicrons, and then the Helmicrons are still where they need to be, I guess, because they fire at a roach heart, um, and then Marco dies. Yeah, and it's it's treated really weirdly. Um, the yeah, again, both seriously and not. Yeah, um, because it's so ridiculous, right? It's like Marco is a roach, and his friends are a hundredth of a sixteenth of an inch size inside of him, while also these sixteenth of an inch aliens are inside of him, and they fire at his heart and stop his heart as a roach. Uh, uh, and that's it? <laughs> like, um, and everybody's, like, crying out his name, and the only, the only real, like, sense of emotion we get from this is Cassie crying out Marco's name, a wrenching sound, horrified, full of pain. Um, like, it's just weird it feels weird mm-hmm. um i feel like and the, bad. the deaths that we have seen in megamorphs where they mm. um, they get better um have more impact than this yeah and mm-hmm. no amount of i didn't a strange coldness swept through me not sadness not exactly um, and then the fury kicks in, just like, mm, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my note there was, fine. how the fuck is this a change? <laughs> Rachel's just been mad uh, this entire book. She's wanted violence. Mm-hmm. Father, I crave violence. <laughs> um, but uh, while the Helmicrons are cheering, uh, Rachel rips off one of their legs, um, like swimming in shark mode. Um, apparently this doesn't make the Helmicron lose his balance, but he does drop his dragon beam. Um, and Rachel's like, look, take the dragon beam. We need to carve our way out. Um, if he's dead, it doesn't, if Marco's dead, it doesn't matter. Um, which 
Jake seems weirdly opposed to. Um, and Axe is like, we must fight to save ourselves. There'll be time for mourning later. Um, but they figure out that they just need to tunnel their way out. Apparently down through the lungs, despite the fact that this is a morph, uh, a, a cockroach and doesn't have a respiratory system in the way that they would probably recognize. Um, but, um, yeah, it's this, it's badly described as yeah. well. Like it's really hard to follow what exactly they're doing. But they're able to sort of broker a piece of sorts with the Helmicrons. Mm -hmm. um, I know this sounds like I'm doing a bad job of describing the action. The action is also badly written. Um, yeah. There's not much to describe here, honest. Yeah. Um, but they're given the choice. The Helmicrons are um, like either we march out, they go out together the Helmicrons on shrink them, we they let them power up the ship and they leave. Um, or they die. Yeah. <laughs> uh but so funnily enough, with that ultimatum, uh they agree. And they get to lungs, they demorph, um, march out of the body. Um this is where we're gonna mention that there are specific cockroach biology. <laughs> um mm, but they get out and there is again this weird emotional but not acknowledgement of Marco being dead um and it's just yeah and now we have this moment of oh well this isn't the barn does anyone see the ship no um and they're just, and Tobias like, I'll try to figure out where we are. Um, and there's this back and forth about, well, where did Marco go? He was supposed to say put, and then Rachel feels bad for putting it out. But they're able to uh, figure out that they're in a closet. <clears throat> um, because he's, Tobias has figured out what he thinks is a big hiking boot. Mm -hmm. Um... And despite the fact it's been established that it was a cockroach, um, Jake is still like, okay, so what is he in this moment? Mm. Um, they hear a dog barking. And Cassie is also um, able to recognize that it doesn't sound like um, Euclid. Jake has a moment of being bitter that uh, Marco would die in Roach Morph. Um, because roaches are normally impossible to kill. Mm -hmm. um, pretty ironic. And then we get, oh, actually, roaches, nothing kills them. Um, nothing. And Rachel's and Cassie like babbling. Uh, well, she insists she's not babbling. Um, Rachel <coughs> is like, no, we just, we need to figure out what we're doing. And they figure like, okay, well, we just need to get through He's clearly not been a roach for very long, apparently. Only five minutes. Oh, no, an hour and 55 minutes. My apologies. Bad reading comprehension. Where has um, all this time gone? Who can say? Yeah, the Tumbling only things out that have happened. Lungs. Yeah, Marco got <laughs> shot and everyone left. That apparently took two hours. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but they're able to um, call through to him um, somehow. Um, and he hears them enough, apparently, to start demorphing. Yeah. Um, Marco wakes up. Um, uh, because obviously he's now full size, he can't hear them anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get this. Rachel musing, uh, like, oh man, I'm getting it from both sides. Everyone's always blaming me. This whole thing is Rachel's fault. If she hadn't hit me in the first place, I wouldn't have fallen and hit my head. Um, and then Axe stopped telling him to stop whining and thank him for saving him from a life under the kitchen sink. Um, 
Axe did. Here's what I know, Marco said. Remind me to send flowers after I save your sorry butts. Um, but Marco morphs Gull. They get out of there. He gets reminded to pick up the camera, um, which the Gull doesn't have a problem carrying, which, to be fair, tracks, because I've seen some of the shit that Gulls will steal and fly off with. Apparently the dog's um, gone. And the owner's yeah, gone. Apparently the do- mm-hmm. Who knows where? Mm-hmm. Also... There is one thing I just wanted to point out there. So that moment of Rachel musing that Marco's probably blaming her, this is the only time we hear Rachel have any glimpse of feeling responsible for what happened to Marco. Mm-hmm. That might have been interesting. But mm-hmm. this book doesn't believe in consequences, so... Yeah. Mm. That's all we get. Um, yeah, with Marco in thought speak, they're able to talk. Um, Marco fills them in on what happened. Um, enjoy, he's doing his Helmicron-esque impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, Cassie's like, oh, well, dog bites can be nasty. Did you have a doctor look at it? It's just like, please, like I had the time. And because he's since morphed, demorphed. <laughs> I mean, walking clinics, maybe not. Mm. Regardless, we get a bit of banter from Jake. Well, it's not even banter, it doesn't sound like, um, about uh, Marco's choice to disobey orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a throwaway line of, I wonder what's on that film. We'll never know. Developing it is too risky. We'll burn it as soon as we get to the barn. Why not do that anywhere else? <laughs> If that was just going to be the plan. Ugh. Regardless, Marco had hidden the Helmicron ship in the freezer. They get it out along with the box. They hook up the box. They power up the ray. They de-shrink everybody. The Helmicron ship gets powered up. Um, and Jake's trying to like promise she'll never come back. You have our word as an honorable female servant of the Helmicron Empire. A Helmicron male will never lie. Meanwhile, they're levitating up the Escafil device behind them, <laughs> which they just, Rachel snags the box. Um, it gets hidden again. The Helmicrons fuck off. Um, and then well, later at home, um, Rachel is researching the Salem Witch Trials on the internet and thinks about the weird little spiky virus she saw. Uh, so she decides to look it up. And uh, on the CDC, Center for Disease Control website, finds out that, oh, that was rabies. Yeah. Because the dog had rabies. Yeah. And how rabies is not pretty. Getty, you have two choices. Start a series of injections within three days or die. After going violently insane. I really hope someone followed up with that family. Yeah, right? But, like... But, yeah, there's, um, if Marco had morphed to Roach, he'd be dying. He wouldn't have known he had rabies, so he wouldn't have started the treatment in time. Almost 12 hours had gone by by the time he was in that kid's closet. Okay, can um, I complain about the timeline really quick? <laughs> okay, we've got like five lines left of the book, then you can okay. complain about the time. I'll say. <laughs> um, and then Rachel has this observation like, it was clear to me that Mark had morphed not to upset Jake or to save his own skinny butt, not to betray us or because he valued his own life over ours. So, aside, who the fuck was thinking that? Um, and he, apparently he'd only morphed because the disease had become to twist his mind and distort his judgment. He had morphed against direct orders because he was slowly going insane because the rabies had kicked in in less than 12 hours. Um, But hey, good news, Marco wasn't dying and with this interesting piece of information I could get him off the hook with Jake and the others. I reached the phone, stopped, smirked, maybe in the morning because, you know, having everyone pissed off at Marco is so funny and good Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. that it can happen for another 12 hours. There's a little treat for Rachel, apparently. And that's the line that the book ends on. Yep. Uh. This book fucking sucks. 
Shrug, please tell us about the timeline and how fu- <laughs> fucking broken it is. Look, I went back because I wanted to make notes. So, you know how earlier it was specified that Marco gets to the apartment the first time at 11 a.m.? Mm-hmm. 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 That's when he's bitten. Mm-hmm. Then apparently mm-hmm. this last chapter confirms almost 12 hours went by before he morphed. Mm-hmm. So it's 11 at night now. Then... He spends an hour and 55 minutes and morph. So everyone gets home at 1am. <laughs> and apparently Rachel decides to do her homework immediately. <laughs> also, their parents are fine with this. <laughs> also, why is she even doing her homework now? It is Saturday night. Just do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is what I'm saying about, like specifying how much time has passed makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Because if they hadn't had this line about 12 hours going by, you could have assumed it was earlier. Like, there's no reason for him to have been almost out of time to morph. Because the stakes could have been that he was dying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Also, were they spending 12 hours as sharks in his bloodstream? Yeah, you know how blood only takes a minute to circulate through the entire body? (laughs) They took, uh, 12 hours to get to the heart. As sharks. So they definitely had to demorph and remorph a few times, at least. Yes. (laughs) It's fine. Fucking... Mentioning time is great if you're gonna get it right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't get it yeah, right, then it's think... just so bad. Yeah, I think tip to writers and stuff is just like don't establish exact amounts of time, um, unless it's incredibly relevant and you can keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing something like when you're setting a scene, don't give an exact year because then people will pick up on like errors. Whereas if you just say the late X, Y, Z period, mm-hmm. people will give you much more grace because you are being vague. This is about why Brian because... has to look up specific release dates. Of devices. <laughs> look, this is our own personal thing. We, we, we need to know for us <laughs> what we do. We're committing to our period setting of 2003, 2004. <laughs> Yeah. Important. I'm saying you treat it with the importance it deserves. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So this is book 42. It's a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And it's not Mm -hmm. even an entertaining one. Mm -hmm. It's bad. Yeah. It's no fun. Uh Uh-huh. Do we Don't have any other thoughts it. before we move into our ending question? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, cool. Possible rankings for plot. <laughs> the plot. I think they could have done something interesting here. Yeah. There is... There is the one hundredth of a one sixteenth of an inch of a plot that could have been interesting here. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Um, maybe a two. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. there are elements here that are could have been interesting if done well. They were not. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Characterization. Again, I'm inclined to say a one or a two for me. Like, there are these tiny little crumbs of things that feel nice, but they're so sporadic. Yeah. Two points. One for each line I actually enjoyed about the character. (laughs) (laughs) I might give it a little higher just because it's so nothing. Because mm. so, like, it's not bad characterization, it's just not characterization. Yeah. Like, there is some bad stuff in here, but it's like, I don't know, I might give it a four just because it's it's bland. Hmm. Uh, enjoyability slash satisfaction. 
Uh. <laughs> I'll give Thank it a you. one. Because yeah. Emily, what's your face for giving me an excuse to hang out with people I like a whole fucking bunch and talk about what a shit book you wrote? <laughs> There's your enjoyability <laughs> slash satisfaction. Uh. <laughs> it gets a one for I'm me cool. because it was kind of fun for me to try to piece together the timeline. Yeah. It's fun to be angry at. But also, it makes mm-hmm. me angry. It's also so. not good enough to be... It's not the fun kind of angry, either. Yeah. I yeah. enjoy shouting about shark brains and the ridiculousness <laughs> of the of first outing with the Helmicrons. Mm-hmm. This isn't even entertaining bad. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... It's not as bad as buff a human. So, whatever my enjoyment of was that. One, one, mm. one above that. <laughs> I think we need to maybe consider, and I appreciate it's very late in the game, but like how apathy might be a different thing to active dislike. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whether apathy is the middle point. That's the whole thing about how uh, mm-hmm. um, hatred isn't the opposite of love right, <laughs> and differences right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Danielle, you would put this one below the Starfish book. Then. Yes, I would. Ouch. <laughs> the Starfish book actually, like, I didn't like the things it had to say about Rachel's character, but at least it said things. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> this this one was just a Rachel book because it was a book that ended in two. Yes. <sighs> All right. Is there any part of this that's a big enough part to be considered a favorite part for you? What? Rachel morphing bear in the stomach. Mm. Yeah, I don't. That that's the one humpback whale raft I can cling to in the stomach acid of a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the I didn't even particularly enjoy the stomach acid part when I was reading it because I was just at that point my eyes had glazed over. Uh, mm-hmm. I yeah, know. I I know I think I don't have a favorite part, and this is where apathy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Like for all the might but we highlighted a couple of like maybe good lines, none of them I think are big enough to constitute a favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yes, I thought the stomach True. acid was an interesting set piece. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call it favorite. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think this might be the first book where I just don't have a favorite part because there was no one yeah. scene that really mm-hmm. stood out to me. The stomach acid was a highlight, uh, mm-hmm. but that that's not saying much. <laughs> uh, did anything surprise you or catch you off guard on the reread? Or was it just, again, that just mind-numbing, like, how Man, many how more pages do was. I have to go? Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I thought I remembered it being better. Yeah. I remember, uh, like, the rabies part playing more of a part. But mm-hmm. it it doesn't. It's not dramatic at all. No, it's um. nothing. Mm-hmm. I uh. was surprised that the Helmicrons weren't even comedic in this one. Yeah, no, they again they were just kind of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 We've picked this book to pieces. So I'm not I'm putting any parts <laughs> that don't make sense. We've pulled it apart. We've shown the glaring errors. This is less <laughs> plot hole and more like cheesecloth. It's just, it holds no water. It's it's all just pouring out the bottom. Um, And it, I, you guys, your regular listeners, you know what our last question is. No, it is not. <laughs> Don't read this. There is no redeeming qualities, no good characterization, no overarching plot beats that I feel are relevant. It's just bad. Yeah. 
Yep. And not entertaining bad enough to hate read. Mm-hmm. <sighs> On the bright side, next time we are looking at book 43, which is mm-hmm. another book by Ellen Giroux, who actually does things right. Uh, and it's a Tobias book. Uh, and if you have seen the cover, um, I know Shrog is going to be excited. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Tobias Morse attacks see. on. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one should be interesting. Well, yeah. Looking forward to it. But um let's let us come to Hey Shrug, where can people uh find you and uh your other creative endeavors? Yeah. Well, I think this will still be true when this episode comes out. You can find me on the latest episode of Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Uh the <laughs> actual play podcast uh that Danielle runs and that Jade is in. Um uh, Featuring uh, an Animorphs themed hack of Blades in the Dark. Um, <laughs> and on the latest arc, there was a side story of Uneven Orbits uh, involving taxons, and I played one of the taxons, my sweet, sweet son, Grahask. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you can find me there. Um, you can find me eternally tormenting Jade um, elsewhere on the internet <laughs> um, at Secret Frog. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. Against Jade's will. <laughs> it's more against my knowledge than against my will. <laughs> ah, yes, I'm sorry. Well, yes. Um, thank you for letting me suffer alongside you. Yeah. Uh, my illustrious co-host has been Jade. You can continue to find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you can find them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero as well, where they make phenomenal choices. And you can find them on All of the Leader, their home podcast, uh, which is currently recording some between season Pathfinder, which promises to be fucking excellent. Uh, not least because Follow the Leader and Jade especially does some of the best character work around, but also because, uh, Zach is GMing and he's a phenomenal GM. We'll do some really cool story stuff. Uh so go check it out. Go check out the cutest fucking goblin I've ever seen. Um yeah. and my co-host who my effusive co-host <laughs> has been Danielle. <laughs> you can find the most place on the internet at redtail ninety, including the aforementioned uh, hack of Blades in the Dark, Idiot Teenager with a Death Wish version two is going to be going live before the end of the year or early next year. Very early next year, yeah. You should absolutely check it out. Uh, there's some really dope ass mechanics in there, uh, and it's a real fun system to play. You should also check out their home podcast of the Room Where It Happened. It is a actual play with a group of very talented. Role players. Their current season, Elder County, Tennessee, is urban fantasy with an Appalachian twist, and the kick-ass faction game that uh, is never dull. Go check out <laughs> uh, just a take on urban fantasy. I guarantee you wouldn't find from anybody else. Hmm. All right, let's do a heck and clap. Let's do a heck and clap at fifty. Fifty.